Welcome to the Freelance Indexer Exchange. I'm Michelle Giuliano, and I'd like to start a conversation with you about indexing. I sometimes find the business of freelancing lonely and isolating. How about you? Do you ever wonder whether it has to be this way? So let's talk about the hard stuff, because we can do better together. Thank you for joining me for Episode 6 of the Freelance Indexer Exchange. I had another topic queued up for this episode, but when I received a couple of indexing questions in the exchange box, I thought it would be a great time to answer them. The first one is relevant to the year-end business review series, so I thought it would be best to answer it now rather than waiting until the end of the season. This first question comes from an indexer in Colorado. When I talked about my own personal business year-end review, I alluded to schedule time off after a big indexing push to avoid burnout, and this indexer wanted to know what I consider to be a big indexing push. Specifically, she asked, do you mean an extra long index, such as a book over a thousand pages, or do you mean working on several indexes back to back? I'd love to hear the details. Well, I'm happy to help. So here goes. I learned from many years of indexing that there's always another job, another deadline, and it can feel like I'm on a hamster wheel. I can be indexing, indexing, and indexing. And unless I hit a bit of a dry spell, there really isn't a natural break to it. And alluding back to episode two, who's the boss, I came to the realization that I'm the boss or manager and I need to take care of my employees who are, well, me. What employee wouldn't love to hear? You've made your quota or you worked more than your share over the last three weeks. Take a break on the company's tab. It counts. It doesn't count against your vacation days, but rather it's a bonus day off. Consider this to be a thank you for your hard work and dedication. Wouldn't that be lovely to hear? So I decided I would do that for myself. And so let's go back to the listener's question. What is a big indexing rush? I don't typically define a big indexing rush by the length of the project. And now let's go back to the listener's question. What is a big indexing push? I want to unpack that a little bit. I don't typically define a big indexing push as the length of any project. I prefer to define a big indexing push based on whether I'm working extra, either in terms of hours or projections, income projections. It means that I'm over my my monthly income projections by at least 30%, or I've been completing a work period where I've worked at least 30 to 40 more hours than normal over a two or three week span. To unpack this further, let's start with the monthly income projections. I set a monthly projection for each month of the year. Some months I know will be slower than others based on seasonality of my business and I adjust accordingly. So I have a baseline to look to see if I deserve a bonus break. When I see that I'm over that month's income projections, I take a peek at the next month's schedule. Am I filled to capacity at that month too? How does my quarterly projection look? The total of three consecutive months worth of work. It doesn't necessarily have to be the first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter of the year. It's a three-month span, and that kind of helps look for the ups and downs. I want to know if I'm above target or below, because that will influence my decision about whether to take a break or a little longer break. I also check to see whether my hourly rate is above my normal targeted hourly rate or not. See, when I finish a project faster than expected, my hourly rate will be higher, and that is noted on each project. 
I also note when projects take me longer than expected, and that might explain why my projections are a little smaller that month. So let me sum up. In terms of income projections, I look at that month's invoice totals versus projected income, and the previous month's totals versus projected income, and the following month's projected income versus scheduled projects. Finally, I also see if I'm working longer or shorter hours than expected for that income. In other words, what does my hourly rate look like? Then I tie all of that into how I'm feeling. If I don't feel the creep of burnout because I'm completing projects faster than expected, I probably won't take time off because I'm not working longer for the extra money. But if I'm earning extra money because I am working longer than I expected, then it is time to schedule a little R&R, even if it's just for a half a day. I'll come back refreshed and ready to jump in. That's always so much more effective than pushing through. And I will look at the upcoming schedule to see if I could possibly make any adjustments. Also, if I meet the criteria for a big indexing push, but, I'm currently ha- but I currently have a string of projects that I'm really enjoying and finding mentally stimulating, then there might not be a reason to schedule some time off because I'm cruising right along. And it might not be a good idea to break up that momentum. And this padding in my income might come in handy when I really do need a break. As you can see, I don't have a hard and fast rule for a monthly income projection that meets the criteria for scheduling time off due to a big big indexing push, but it's a combination of feel and income level. My time tracking comes in handy for the next part of my big indexing push evaluation. My software displays my hours by the week, by the month, by the quarter, and by the project, so I can get a good overall picture of how much I'm working in an instant. If I worked 30 to 40% more hours over a three-week span or worked weekends, I definitely schedule time off, regardless of how I feel. If I'm not feeling the effects of this extra work at this moment, I will be soon, and then I might not be able to take time off due to schedule constraints. One other thing that I do that helps me from overscheduling is the way I mark up my project calendar. My calendar doesn't just contain dates for the arrivals of projects and their due dates, but since it's based on an Excel sheet, I can have a running total of project fees at the bottom. That total is a much better indicator of how busy I am that month than how full the calendar looks. So let's sum up how I assess whether I had a big indexing push. I ask myself, how am I feeling? Am I tired? Motivated? Blah? And how are my income projections stacking up? Finally, how many hours have I been working over the past weeks or months? And what does my future schedule look like? I hope you find this information helpful. Drop me a question or comment in the exchange box. Okay, now let's move right along to the next question. This one is from a relatively new indexer who asked about the purple pen competition. I talked about indexing award competitions in the See Also segment of episode 5. And this newbie asked me, how will I know when my indexing skills are good enough to have a chance at winning this award? Well, first of all, let me say you won't know unless you try. That said, take a look at the Institute of Certified Indexer Standards. I'll put a link in the show notes. Do you think your indexing hits all those points or most of them? If you think that your index is up to par, then submit your index. The added bonus of submitting an index to the Purple Pen competition is the feedback you receive from the judges. When you get your feedback, you can get a feel for how how well you assessed your own index and what skills you might need to brush up on. 
I answered a couple times and the feedback was spot on and very helpful. And this is one of those times when I feel that it's not about winning, it's about the learning process. Finally, unless you enter, you have zero shot at winning this award. But if you enter an index that meets the standards and scores high, you might be announced the winner. And this award would be wonderful to display in your email signature and on your website. What a great honor and marketing tool. Now it's time for the See Also segment where I offer some advice or quick tips that are relevant to this week's episode to help sharpen your indexing skills. In light of the indexer's question about entering the Purple Pen competition, I thought I'd pull Margie Towery's book, 10 Characteristics of Quality Indexes, off the shelf. Its subtitle is Confessions of an Award-Winning Indexer. How appropriate is that? In the introduction to her book, Margie talks about how she got into indexing and her early apprenticeship with Barbara Cohen. She also mentions that she went on to win two H.W. Wilson Awards. Those are awards that ASI used to give out for excellence in indexing. Based on her experience, she created two workshops called Confessions of an Award-Winning Indexer and 10 Principles for Creating Better Indexes. She used those two workshops to help create this book. It's a highly accessible text, and I recommend it to all indexers, new or experienced. What I especially like about the book, aside from the structure and advice that Margie freely gives, is how she provides examples from books she has indexed. What a treasure trove for new indexers and any indexer looking to bolster their skills. They can go to those books, look at the indexes, and understand what she's talking about. But that's not what I want to talk about in this See Also segment. Instead, I want to point you in the direction of her last chapter entitled Index Evaluation. She bases this chapter on the best practices for indexing published by ASI, I'll put a link in the show notes, and the 10 characteristics she details in her book. It's a very short chapter, just three and a half pages. In fact, her whole book is quite short, less than 125 pages, but she really packs a lot of information in there. In this chapter, Margie lists 16 steps in her evaluation form, and she goes over everything from how to evaluate sort order in the index to the types of entries you might expect to find based on the table of contents. She does caution you that if you're going to do this evaluation with your own index, you should wait at least a month between when you finish the index and when you start the evaluation. So be aware this is not an editing checklist. It's an index evaluation. You are learning about your indexing process and where your shortcomings are. She also explains how you can do this with someone else's index. And she makes it clear that it's easy to do this as well. To conclude this segment, I'd like to read a line from the introduction of Margie's book. She wrote, another important characteristic for an indexer is avid curiosity about everything, really. And for me, part of the curiosity that you should have is how you're doing as an indexer. So getting back to the newbie's question about entering the purple pen competition, let me add, be curious about your in- how your index will fare. Be curious about what the judges who adhere to strict standards of indexing will have to say about your work. Finally, I'd like to say that this is an excellent book to read, whether you're a newbie looking to enter the purple pen competition or a more experienced indexer with eyes on a bigger prize. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of the Freelance Indexer Exchange. Until next Monday, be well and do well, and happy indexing. Happy indexing.